Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and we have just returned from San Francisco 49ers day one of minicamp, day one of two, that being tomorrow. So I guess it'll be today whenever this comes out. So whatever way you look at it, Niners day one minicamp, we are back to react to and discuss what we saw a major injury happened. Trey Lance, how did he do? Nick Bosa talks about his contract extension. Debo Samuel gets extremely candid about his season last year. And we'll dive into all that in one minute. Want to remind you, use our promo code 49ersaccess and save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. That being said, let's dive into what happened on day one of San Francisco 49ers minicamp. And let's do some housekeeping. So, John Feliciano, many fans want to know what's happening with the offensive line. John Feliciano, free agent signing from the New York Giants. He was at guard, all OTAs, all practice the last two weeks. He took some snaps at center. I'm not sure if that has to do with Nick Zakelge fumbling a few snaps last week, but no matter what happens, John Feliciano was taking snaps at center again, kind of even more leaning into that Daniel Brunskill style of role on the offensive line. Uh, Jalen Moore getting first team reps at left tackle, even though Trent Williams was in house today at minicamp, also getting second team reps at right tackle. Ambry Thomas got first team reps over Samuel Womack, who has gotten the most of them during OTA, so we could see a flip there. Maybe Ambry Thomas is taking a step up, or Steve Wilkes wants to see what he can do against guys like Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings. We have an attendance update for you before we dive into all the good, juicy stuff you want to talk about. Trent Williams and Javon Hargrave were both back and doing drills for the first team in training camp. Didn't participate in team drills, but we're back doing drills uh, for the first time during the entire offseason program. Nick Bosa was also in the building, but he was not doing drills. He was doing workouts in the weight room with the training staff. Okay, speaking of Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa talked for the first time all offseason, basically talked for the first time since we've heard from him since his final day in the, the office, you might say, when he said he wasn't looking to become the highest paid defensive player, but figured all that stuff would work itself out. Well, he went to the podium today with a porn stash, kind of, he had a new mustache today. Uh, very, very, you know, 80s and 70s porn style mustache. I know uh, Grant Cohn was definitely like, did anyone else see that? And it was very noticeable that he had new facial hair, but besides the facial hair, uh, Nick Bosa did talk about his looming and expected contract extension. Uh, he's supposed to get likely going to get over $30 million on average, if not more than that, uh, kind of equaling Aaron Donald's 
million dollar contract he has per year. Uh, he said he's pretty confident a deal would get done pretty soon. Um, and he was asked uh, if he still felt that he didn't need to become the highest paid player or highest paid defensive player in the NFL this year. And his response was was pretty honest. And he said, I think I'll get what I deserve. And there really isn't much to discuss about Nick Bosa, but I, I did want to say, yes, Nick Bosa, you are going to get what you deserve. And that is being the highest paid defensive player in football. He is the reigning defensive player of the year, led the NFL in sacks this past season. And from what I could just point to on paper and say, look, you had Javon Hargrave into this defensive line, he could see an even better season this year. Now, it's a hard to repeat a defensive player of the year type of season, but the defense got better on paper. We'll see what happens when the actual hitting and tugging and tackling and sacking actually starts, but on paper, Nick Bosa could be due for an even better season than last year, and he's going to get paid like it as well. Uh, somebody else who talked was Debo Samuel, and it's not very often you get to hear an athlete talk candidly about their previous season. Um, a lot of athletes don't like to be criticized. A lot of athletes simply do not like to be questioned. Um, a lot of them carry the, you know, you aren't an athlete, you know, don't speak on my job kind of mentality. And to a certain extent, I get that. Uh, many players get unnecessary hate, that being Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, uh, basically quarterbacks uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. But many fans uh, were displeased with how Debo Samuel played last season, especially coming off getting paid big money and being an All-Pro in 2021, whenever you put up around 1,800 yards offensively and about, what, 14 touchdowns uh, and don't do that again, fans are going to say, where's the real Devo Samuel? And Devo Samuel, again, got honest and candid, and his exact quote was when asked, you know, how did he feel about his season last year? He said, I was awful last year. Every aspect, I'm not going to put something like that on tape ever again. And it... Uh, Again, it's not often you hear a player say my season last year was awful when he wasn't injured. Uh, he really, again, he put together a pretty good season. One, I would say that you know wasn't Debo Samuel all pro-like, but a good season overall. But he did add that there were a lot of distractions that really hurt his off-season program, um, really hurt him getting into shape. He even said, I came into you know OTAs and training camp last year out of shape. Uh, and that it was abundantly clear, at least to him, well, not to us on paper and us seeing him in, in last year in camp and even during the season, that that really, you know, set him back into what he wanted to do offensively. Um, I'm not sure if that was a reason why every single, you know, Debo Samuel wide back run didn't seem to work last year, but maybe that was. Maybe that was a reason why. Maybe his, you know, decision making, his ability to cut, you know, him coming in out of shape kind of could have hampered those kind of plays and, and maybe led to Kyle Shanahan saying, look, we're going to stop doing these things. They're not working, which could be a domino effect in them going out and getting Chris McCaffrey. So you could, in a weird, twisted way, say that Debo Samuel coming in out of shape and distracted led to Kyle Shanahan saying, hey, let's go get Chris McCaffrey. But I digress. Let's be honest here. Uh, Debo Samuel saying that while not expected, while I was in the room and... When he said, I was awful, 
the person that asked the question, I, I don't don't know their name. He said, "Wait, uh, what do you mean? Can you can you further explain what you mean by awful? Like, I'm looking at your stats here, and last year when you have 56 receptions, uh, over 600 receiving yards, five touchdowns, and over 230 rushing yards, like that's not really a bad season for a player of Debo Samuel's, you know, skill set." And Debo was like, nope, I was awful. Uh, me and Kyle Shanahan talked about it, you know, earlier today, last week. We had a film session. And I never want to put a season like that on tape ever again. Um, and that's including Debo Samuel's rookie season, where he basically was learning how to play in the NFL for eight games until Emmanuel Sanders got there. So when you hear that, my first, my, my first thought is, okay, we are getting, you know, a, a refocused Debo Samuel. We are getting a no distractions in my path. Nothing's going to stop me from being an all pro level receiver once again. Um, just think of an offense that has an all pro in George Kittle, an all pro in Christian McCaffrey, a 1,000 yard receiver who I'm about to take off, Brandon Ayuk, and potentially a returning to all pro form Debo Samuel. There is no defense in football that can stop that offense. There just isn't one. There's too many stars, too many elite-level players. If Debo Samuel is truly or returns to his all-pro ways, um, again, 2021, 77 receptions, 1,400 receiving yards, 14 total touchdowns, and 365 rushing yards. If he can just find the happy middle ground of, what, 60-plus receptions, I don't know, 800 receiving yards, 8, 10 touchdowns, and about 400 rushing yards, 300 rushing yards. Like, if he can just kind of find the happy in-between of 2021, 2022, like, that is a return to form for Debo Samuel. That is an all-pro level season for Debo Samuel. That is a Chris McCaffrey all-pro, George Kittle all-pro, Brandon Ayuk 1,000-yard receiver, and Debo Samuel all-pro offense and at that point does it really matter who your quarterback is can it be Sam Darnold can it be Trey Lance could it be Brock Purdy at that point when you have potentially you know four all pro elite level players yes you can't have Josh Johnson playing quarterback but my goodness um again I ask any defense to go up against a refocused a revenge seeking Debo Samuel you're like he's already hard enough to take down. Uh, try it again when he's actually you know in shape, ready to go by week one. And we've seen what he can do at his best. I would not be surprised if we see you know a return to form per se from Debo Samuel again. It's early, a lot of talk it could be nothing come season, but look, if Debo Samuel can stay healthy, number one, that's a big thing. Um, we know last year he got hurt against the Bucks, I believe, and it was like. Uh oh, season could be over. He also thought that he, you know, he got lucky. You, you could say, um, but again, there is no defense in football that can stack up against that offense, and that's only four players. That's not including a pretty solid offensive line, you know, a pretty good running back room behind Christian McCaffrey, and really one of the best, if not the best, offensive mind in football at Kyle Shanahan. So, a refocused re-energized and brutally honest Debo Samuel was at camp today 
Uh, great thing to see, great thing to hear from him, basically saying, look, I was bad last year. That's not going to happen again. Look out, NFL. Look out, Jalen Ramsey. And really look out, you know, I'm coming for the All-Pros, the Pro Bowls. I'm coming to be the number one player on this offense once again. And hopefully guys like, you know, Chris McCaffrey, Kittle and Ayuk can push him to being even better than he was in 2021. Uh, that brings us to players doing drills on the side, not taking part in team drills or any drills per se uh, at, at a mini camp day one. Debo Samuel was one of those players. Mooney Ward, Tashawn Gibson, Quantrez Knight, Daryl Luter Jr., and Elijah Mitchell all doing drills on the side at mini camp for the San Francisco 49ers in day one. And that brings us to our first high and low of the show. Look, I love myself some Elijah Mitchell. I talked last week and how I said, look, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Could be nothing. Could be you know, a small thing. Could have been a personal day for all we know. We didn't get much information on why he did not practice last week. Um, today we got some information as to why he didn't practice last week. And today... Um, Kyle Shanahan said that he was, you know, quote-unquote working through something but didn't go into specifics. And we talked last week when I said, look, that could be an opportunity for players like Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price to kind of step up in his absence. Now, we have no idea how long or how serious the injury could take or actually is. It could be a hamstring, could be an ankle, could be simply the smallest injury possible. But when you miss time, that's a knock on your record. And last year, Elijah Mitchell missed almost the entirety of training camp leading up to week one. He played in week one against the Bears. He got hurt, missed almost the entirety of the season, came back later in the year, then missed the NFC Championship game. So, Elijah Mitchell, I love you. You're a really good player when healthy. You helped this offense so much in 2021 when it basically was Debo Samuel Nobody else, and you stepped up to be that the running back number one for us. But with Christian McCaffrey in the fold, and guys like Mason and, and Ty Davis Price and, and LeBourne and Await trying to prove themselves every single day or get better every single day, you not being there, Elijah Mitchell not being there, could potentially move him down the depth chart. Again, I think his spot on the roster is safe. When healthy, he is this team's second best running back. But if you cannot stay on the field, it's not a good sign. And it sucks, too. He's a really good player. But if you can't stay healthy, and again, it could be a small thing. He could take tomorrow off as well and day two of minicamp, go into the summer break, come back perfectly healthy. But it does seem like every single time I turn around, we collectively, as a fan base and media, turn around, he's hurt again. And if you're going through thumping and bruising and being tackled by 340-pound men over and over and over again, I do question as to how healthy can he maintain throughout the entirety of the season. It's yet to be proven. And if you're not going to be healthy, guys like Mason, and again, Mason, TDP, Await, and LeBourne, they are going to have the opportunity to step up. Can they do so? And again, it really sucks but one thing I would keep an eye out for is what's happening in Miami. Now, you might say, Miami, what does that have to do with the San Francisco 49ers? And I would say, 
look at their running back room. They are the number one team rumored to go sign um, uh, Dalvin Cook if he is cut from the Vikings. They had a trade in place in March, and the Vikings backed out of it. So if the Vikings do cut Dalvin Cook or they reignite those trade talks and he goes to Miami, there's probably not enough room in that running back room for Cook and Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't think Mostert makes sense, but if Miami, who yes, I know McDaniel might might love to keep Mostert and Wilson Jr., but if Mitchell can't stay healthy and a team like Miami has to open up roster space and they can't afford to keep or maybe someone like Mostert or Wilson forced their way out of, out of town because of someone being in front of them, I would not be surprised if if Mitchell's hurt and Mason and TDP cannot, you know, grasp the golden ring here with Mitchell being out, I wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan says, hey, let's bring back a an old face in Jeff Wilson Jr., someone that knows the system, is a good blocker, can actually come in and really can be a running back number two. I know, you know, many fans were tired of Wilson last year. He wasn't doing much. There were games he disappeared. But imagine him behind Chris McCaffrey. To me, that's a very complimentary one and two when it comes to the running back room. Now, my hope is Mitchell's healthy. My hope is that Mason and TDP do grab that, you know, that, that gold, the brass ring. But if he can't be, I would look to see what happens in Miami. If those guys force their way out, that could be an opportunity for someone that's been here before to come back. I know Mostert didn't end on good terms. Uh, he's talked a lot of crap, really, and kind of poorly about the training staff and them forcing him to play hurt and you know wanting him to come back early. But Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't. Jeff Wilson Jr. could easily be a candidate to return to San Francisco if Dalvin Cook does indeed go to the Miami Dolphins. Sticking with the running backs here, uh, they were a high today. I think Jordan Mason, but primarily Ty Davis Price looked really good today, uh, mainly through the air. Uh, Mason caught two touchdowns in seven-on-seven red zone situations, and uh, TDP caught about a handful of nice passes today. He had a big one today, I believe, from Trey Lance. Uh, His hands, which had been a problem, which is why he didn't play as much, Um, he isn't really useful on special teams. Mason jumped him there. But if he can become a pass-catching power style back, you are giving Kyle Shanahan more ammunition on this offense. And if he can continue to grow and establish that, I would not be surprised if TDP fights for that number two running back role and you know isn't a constant inactive on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. So good days from Mason and TDP, uh, impactful days from them both in the pass-catching game. Um, we already did one low. In Mitchell, we did highs in the in Mason and TDP. Let's get to the mixed bag. And the reason why I classify this, this next player as a mixed bag is because a lot of days, it's not great. But today, being day one of minicamp, this player, like there was a, a very clear example of the duality of this player. And that's Danny Gray. Third round pick last year. The speed is just to die for. We saw last year against the Packers in preseason that go ball with Trey Lance. It was like, whoo, that's what this kid can do. Oh my goodness, watch out NFL. And we didn't see much of him last year. 
quarterback situation may have changed his usage, but we know Kyle Shanahan is tough on young receivers. But Danny Gray today, day one of minicamp, he drops a wide-open touchdown pass in 7-on-7 red zone situations, then comes back with a vengeance and makes an extremely tough catch over two defenders, fights for the ball in the exact same red zone situation. Then later on in team drills, 11-on-11, he catches a ball in kind of this just bubble in the defense, and it was like it was like someone flipped the switch and he was gone. He ran past almost every single player in the secondary, um, broke a few tackles, and ran right by every, everybody for a touchdown. It was, you know, like, you want to see speed offensively? There was speed on that field when Danny Gray had the football. It was a ton of yak. It was what you wanted to see last year, you know, on exhibit, on the field, today at, at, at minicamp. And look, the last couple practices... Danny Gray looked like receiver number five on this roster behind Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, and McLeod. Today, I mean, he looked like a player that could impact a football game. And you hope he can stack days like that. Limit drops. You cannot drop passes. You have to stack days. And Danny Gray had a great day today, I would say. A great day. Um, again, it's a mixed bag because there were some drops. Those are knocks. You can't do that. But... What he showed that was a positive was really, really good, and I hope he continues that on day two and on into training camp. Uh, our, 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 our second high is Oren Burks. Fred Warner did not do any drills at all through OTAs and minicamp thus far. Oren Burks has been the primary Mike linebacker. He was the backup Mike linebacker last year. He looked really good today at minicamp. I, I want to give him his kudos uh, primarily a special teams player, but today had two big pass deflections and was leading that defense from the linebacker spot. Uh, it was really good stuff to see from a veteran player alongside D. Winters and Jalen Graham, uh, leading that running uh, the, the linebacker room, excuse me, with no Dre Greenlaw or Fred Warner to be seen. So great stuff from Warren Burks. Uh, the last high, not many lows today, was relatively good practice uh, for San Francisco. I hope I'm saying his name right. But Spencer Wage, I believe, from North Dakota State, undrafted free agent defensive lineman, he blew up a play today. Um, it was a kind of a little dump-off pass to the running back from Trey Lance, and he was right there immediately. If it was an in-game situation, it's a, a fumble or it's an incompletion, he would have wrecked the running back, no problem. He looked really good today. His get-off was really good. And in, in an edge room that you could say is trying to find that diamond in the rough that specializes in finding and kind of reworking guys' careers, uh, you know, Arden Key, Kerry Hyder, Clellan Farrell's in here now trying to do the same thing. Austin Bryant's here from Detroit. Like, if Spencer Wage, I hope that's your name. I hope I'm saying it right. He, he shows he has the get-off. He shows he can actually, you know, most guys come in and you're like, oh, it's an another defensive end who doesn't know what he's doing or is kind of slow or just kind of like, kind of lost defensively. He does not look that way. He's ready to attack. The get-off is really good. And he looks like someone who might be a fringe roster spot player. Um, and look, he could easily be a practice squad stash for a year. 
but I do think there are some traits and tools that are really intriguing about him that could make you say, hey, look out for Spencer Wage. He seems like one of those players that could be kind of a preseason standout where you go, who the heck is that guy? Now, those guys usually don't make the roster, so we'll see what happens with him, but someone to keep your eye on as we progress into the offseason and uh, training camp as well. Um, the final high, you could say, one that will create conspiracies over and over and over and over and over again, can make fans go, what does that mean? What does this mean? Oh my goodness. Oh my God, there's so much going on. Is we got an appearance from the one, the only, Brock Purdy. Big cock Brock, we did see today. He was in the side field doing some stretches and some running. Um, But I did see him open a water bottle and drink it with his left hand. I know, I know. It wasn't his right hand, his left hand. Oh my goodness, folks. Conspiracies theorists, cue the X-Files music. What does that mean? But seriously, it was good to see Brock Purdy out there. Our first time really getting a glimpse of him uh, on the field, uh, working out with the trainer. Again, no throwing. We witnessed no throwing whatsoever, but it was good to see him back out there kind of, you know, reintegrating himself into, you know, on the football field with his team. And eventually, hopefully we'll see him throwing again uh, come training camp and later into the offseason program. But let's dive into the quarterbacks. We talked about Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy, he's not even playing, though. Let's get to who's actually on the field half an hour into our show on the Ford Niner Access podcast. And look, you want to talk about Trey Lance, let's talk about Trey Lance. And I am someone who has been documented in saying the past couple weeks at OTAs, I think Sam Darnold has been the better quarterback. I think the timing has been better with him. I think his throws have been more consistent. I think the things that Kyle Shanahan looks for in a quarterback, a backup quarterback, you could say, uh, are the things Sam Darnold has shown. Um, again, timing and consistency. Today, Trey Lance reminded everybody on the football field, in my opinion, that's why it drafted me. I thought Trey Lance had his best practice of the offseason program thus far through OTAs and minicamp. I thought Trey Lance has looked the best he has since last OTAs. He was crisp. He was decisive. There were many, many big plays. I thought his ball placement was really good. You'll see clips on Twitter. I posted some people, you know, showing him missing throws here or there. This was when it came to 11-on-11 drills, 7-on-7 red zone situation stuff. I thought he looked really good. He looked, to me, much better than Sam Darnold. He looked like he knows the system. Like, there was balls in small little bubbles and pockets in the defense that were perfectly placed. There were a lot of yak plays for him by the receivers because they were good ball placements on his behalf. Um, he had a really deep shot today uh, with Brandon Ayuk over the middle. He looked like a starting caliber quarterback. And I cannot say that does not make me excited because it does. Like, like I wanted to draft Trey Lance. And hearing that and seeing that... I hope it gets you excited because it got me really excited. Like, coming in, I was like, what is Trey going to do? You know, the last couple weeks, it's been inconsistent. What is he going to do? Like, I thought he was kind of getting his feet back under him, getting reacclimated to the offense and playing again. And 
it did seem like that was the case. And today, seeing how he performed, I, I think it kind of, you know, really hammered that point home of like, look, he might be becoming more comfortable as time progresses. Back on the field with the receivers every single day, day in, day out. And look, he doesn't have Debo Samuel. He doesn't have George Kittle. Um, he's throwing the Danny Grays and Ronnie Bells and Chris Conley's, so like guys who are likely, you know, bottom end depth chart kind of guys, and maybe outside of Gray, if he continues to play well. But Trey Lance was throwing two guys who might not even be on this team and looked much better than Sam Darnold. Um, diving into some plays he had today, I thought were really good. Uh, he had a touchdown. It was a back shoulder fade to John Jennings in a red zone situation. Was a great throw, great placement, uh, good communication on their end. It probably was one of the better balls of the day. Um, he had a touchdown uh, with Chris Connolly in the same situation, red zone stuff, um, over a defender, over a shoulder, kind of behind him. It was a really nice throw, uh, great placement where the, the defender could not get the football and Conley went up and got it. It was a great throw on, 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 on Lance's behalf. Um, he also had a really nice throw, which is weird because, so this next play, usually it's, you know, they establish one player is a first-team player, you know, especially with quarterbacks. It's Donald's first team, Lance second team, Allen third team, right? Lance got these weird, like, one to two first-team reps at OTAs today. It was kind of weird. I'm not sure if that was kind of like, hey, we're going to try something here, which could have been the case. Um, but he had a nice throw to TDP, a really nice play. He had a crosser to McLeod, great placement. Um, he had a touchdown ball to Gray. That was the big yak play we discussed earlier. Um, it was a really good ball in a small pocket of the defense over a defender. Um, again, ran for a touchdown. Then again, to McLeod to end. He had three plays that I counted, three throws, back-to-back-to-back throws that was like, Boom, 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 perfect. And you're like, okay, like, where has this been? Do this all the time. And that's not possible. I get it. But Trey Lance, on those three throws, like, in this practice, it was like, wow. This is the Trey Lance we need to see every single practice. Now, can he win this job? I don't know. I am of the mindset that Brock Purdy has this job, you know, firmly in his grasp, but that doesn't mean Kyle Shanahan's mind can't be changed. It's just going to take a lot of work on Trey Lance's behalf. But if Trey Lance can stack days like this, that grasp may loosen slowly, but potentially surely. I think what Trey Lance did today, the effort, the throws, uh, the performance he put on today, is the exact thing he needs to do to reclaim that starting quarterback job. He has to stack days like this, though. It has to be tomorrow as well. It has to be in training camp. You know, I think it'd be a huge confidence boost for him to end minicamp, back-to-back, really good days, go into the offseason, or you know, go into their summer break, quote-unquote, come back and go, look, I'm feeling great about myself. I had two really good days to end my my mini camp, and I'm gonna focus on building upon those as we go into you know training camp and and preseason. Again, today was the day that should make any fan that likes Trey Lance, or let's be honest here, any fan that is uncertain Brock Purdy might not be healthy. Today was the day that 
really shows Trey Lance can hold that job down if he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Like Trey Lance today looked like a better quarterback than Sam Darnold by far. Um, And Darnold wasn't even bad today. Darnold was pretty good today. He had one bad ball that was almost picked off. Um, but that was really good coverage by Lenore, who, again, continues to be awesome and sticky. And it's, it's so great in coverage. Like, he was, he looked silly because Brandon Ayuk covered him on one play, but he got Ayuk back later with a near pick. But again, going back to the quarterbacks, I mean, Darnold was good today, too. I counted four, yeah, four red zone touchdowns. And I believe one of them, or a fifth potential touchdown, was dropped by Danny Gray. Like, Darnold was really good in the red zone today. Um, he also had a couple plays. He had a 30-plus yard throw to Ayuk over uh, Lenore and Odom. Um, again, like, Sam Darnold wasn't bad today. Like, Sam Darnold looked like a competent quarterback in the NFL. Like a solid number two, like a a fine starting quarterback, and Trey Lance looked better. Um, now again, uh, you have to look at what Shanahan likes. Shanahan likes timing. Shanahan likes over the middle. Shanahan tends to lean upon, is that ball at the right place at the right time? And I do think that, and this wasn't the case the last week or two, but Trey Lance did that today. Trey Lance looked, again, precise. He looked like, I know where this ball is going the minute I snap it, I may, I may have a small window, but it's going to go there. Um, he looked like a quarterback that was confident in himself. And, and George Kittle discussed this uh, in his, in his, po- in his uh, post-practice press conference. That you know, maybe Trey's confidence you know, was kind of hurting. Um, you know, you go through 2021, you don't play as much. When you do play, you're really bad against the Cardinals. You kind of find your way towards the end of the Texans game. And then you're handed the job, and then you get hurt. And so, you know, you go through the ebbs and flows of a season of, like, why am I not starting? I gotta get better. There's pressure on me. And Trey Lance himself said, I'm finally learning to love to play football again, really. And George Kittle hinted at, like, yeah, we could tell there were days he was not confident in himself. Today was not that day. Today, you can you, it, it oozed out of him. It was, okay, Trey Lance, like, he looks like that franchise starting quarterback. He looks like that guy you point to and say, that's the guy. Like, we, we've heard the story of, you know, Lynch and Shanahan going to his pro day or going to Justin Fields' pro day and on the way back, you know, Shanahan's drawing plays for Trey Lance. He just fell in love with the kid and who, he's, who he is as a person, and who he could become as a player, today was a day that you know justifies that draft pick. Now, again, it's minicamp. What does it mean? What it means is, is that fans who label Trey Lance as a bust, who don't want to see him play, who are so quick to label Brock Purdy as the starting quarterback no matter what. And yes, like I said, I think Brock Purdy is this team's starting quarterback. I think the team knows that. I think the coaching staff knows that. It is it is understood amongst almost every single person that Brock Purdy is this team's starting quarterback. And it's going to take, like I said last week, a Mahomes, 
Herculean effort on Trey Lance's behalf to rip that starting job out of Brock Purdy's hands. Today was a really good day on that journey. A really good day. Again, decisive, quick to the ball, mechanics were good. I know Guru there, but I can tell they they, they looked good and precise. Um, he looked fast to the football. His base was nice. He looked like, again, a confident quarterback that said, when this ball leaves my hand, I know exactly where it's going. Um, and looked like a quarterback that this team can trust, that Kyle Shanahan can trust when it comes to whether it's one, two, three, four games while Purdy's on the shelf, or if he has to hand that ball over to, let's say, whoever gets hurt, hope not, but you know, you never know, Trey Lance can, can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, look, there wasn't the pass rush, very light contact, like, there are, there are steps to go, a lot of steps to go. We will see once Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson and Hargrave and arms that are in his face, what does he do? Does he shy away and kind of go into his turtle shell? Or does he go, no, look, I am going to make a statement here. And I think for Trey Lance, if you can build upon days like this, stack days like he had today, he's going to, I don't want to say force Shanahan's hand, but he could potentially force Shanahan's hand if he continues to have days like this. Because I don't know how anyone left this practice saying, that kid stinks, he's not good, and he can't be a starter. That's just not the case. I left saying that was his best practice thus far. He looked like a starting quarterback. He needs to do it again. And that's the big question. Can Trey Lance stack days like this uh we'll see tomorrow at 10 50 in the morning at levi stadium for the final day of of, of minicamp but i believe in trey lance now will he be this team's starting quarterback we'll see i i don't know again i think that job is purdy's but a day like this could mean something big if he continues to prove and show what he showed today and again like i said darnold wasn't bad like, me hyping up Darnold or Lance doesn't, you know, revert to hating on the other person. It's, Darnold was good today. He was. Trey Lance was just better. And on a day where Ayuk had a really good day, cooked Lenore and Thomas and Womack, like, there was a lot of things to take away and go, wow, Trey Lance was the number one player on the field today when it came to the offense, in my opinion. I think he looked that good. Besides Ayuk, if you want to put him one, I get it. But who showed the most today? That was Trey Lance. That was easily Trey Lance. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. I want to remind you, use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. You can also use our Fanatics link down in the description or on top of the screen above. Buy yourself some merch and support the show in the meantime. You can also follow us on social media if you want to see all the Trey Lance clips and all the OTAs and mini, mini camp clips. Follow us on social media, Instagram, 49ers 
dot access twitter 49ers underscore access don't forget to like and subscribe whether it's on youtube or on the podcast channels on spotify or anchor or apple Review, you listen tell your friends that hey look we have access we have inside access for free for free mind you to san francisco 49ers football i can tell you what other people aren't seeing forget social media i'm there at the practices to get you hyped to get you ready for the 2023-2024 nfl season again my name is sterling bennett you have been listening to the 49er access podcast and until next time stay faithful